I laughed myself even before, even still, but I just wanted to be more comfortable. Best thing ever, anyone, like, yo, we can help you. I might actually consider this. I don't want to lie, this is the best thing I've ever done for myself. Just Skin Deep, the transformative power of plastic surgery and its impact on people's lives. Welcome to Just Skin Deep, the podcast that explores the transformative power of plastic surgery. I'm your host, Romy Siabi. Today is not different from any other episode that we've done in the past. We are going to be delving deeper into cosmetic surgery. Today I have with me Dr. Slindile Ndalwani. Dr. Slindile is an aesthetic or a dermatologist. I am a specialist dermatologist. Um, now, the difference between an aesthetic physician and a, a dermatologist is that an aesthetic physician um, could be any doctor that has done the basic uh, Bachelor of Medicine and Bachelor of Surgery degree or even a dentistry um, degree because even dentists do practice aesthetic medicine. Oh. And then a dermatologist is a doctor who has gone through the undergraduate Bachelor of Medicine and Bachelor of Surgery um, and then completed the mandatory internship and community service and then went and studied a further four years, now focusing uh, mainly on diseases or conditions of the skin, hair and nails, which a, a general practitioner who practices aesthetics medicine doesn't have to go through. How long have you been doing this? So I've been a dermatologist since 2015. I've been a doctor since 2018, but a dermatologist since 2015. And what kind of procedures do you specialize in? So as a dermatologist, um, you are trained in, in, in medical, surgical, as well as uh, cosmetic or aesthetic dermatology or treatments. Uh, but not a lot of dermatologists practice the aesthetic or the cosmetic mm -hmm. side of it. So um, I see a whole lot of, we, we see there's over 2,000 uh, medical skin conditions, but I have also incorporated in my practice a lot of cosmetic or aesthetic procedures um, as well. What does aesthetic medicine entail? So how, how can you explain that to the ordinary man on the street? So aesthetic medicine is basically a branch or a field of medicine that um, focuses on cosmetic treatments and cosmetic procedures. Uh, so over and above your cosmetic procedures that can be done by a beauty therapist, which includes things like facials and chemical peels, and microneedling and dermabrasion derma and all of that, then if you are a doctor, then you get to do other sort of more invasive uh, procedures, such as your injectable procedures, that's your toxins, also commonly known as Botox, fillers, oh. you get to do uh, procedures like PRP, you get to do lasers, and all those type of, uh, of procedures. So that is basically like, what, uh, what do they call them? Um, chemical peels. Chemical peels, yes. Also, oh, you're the person I need to call if I want Botox. Yeah. Oh, hey, <laughs> okay, I'm about to look 20 years younger. 
<laughs> yeah, so now, on, if you want the good stuff, yeah. On any ordinary day, if you go on Instagram, it's aesthetics this, aesthetics that. How common is it in South Africa? And how popular, rather, is it? It's actually become quite popular. I think Leah, over the past 10 years, it has probably like grown exponentially. Uh, it's always been there, but it's always sort of been the, you know, for the elite and the, mm. the high class uh, housewives of Santon type of thing. But now, um, I think also with the, the growth of social media and people being exposed to such procedures, we see them trending. We've seen um, celebrities making these procedures trend. So it ha definitely has grown exponentially and it's projected to grow even bigger in, in the next five to ten years. And I think also with, with COVID, we, we've seen a lot uh, more patients looking for these procedures. I mean, there's what we used to call the Zoom face because of the <laughs> virtual meetings and always being on screens, people suddenly yeah. became aware of every yes, yes, um, yeah. spot and every flaw and every line and wrinkle on their faces and they've sought um, all these procedures and they've also had time on their hands. You know, what so. are the popular, the most popular procedures that people get done? Other than Botox, obviously. Other than Botox, it's still your regular chemical peels, your microneedling. There's also um, a, uh, a growth towards doing uh, the fillers more, um, as well Lip as eyes. everywhere. You can do fillers almost everywhere on on, on, the, on face. the face. Yeah, yeah. So oh. yeah, there's there's also um, a bit of a confusion when it comes. I've 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 noticed in my in my in my patients that there's confusion between Botox or toxin and, and fillers. They sort of think it's it's the same thing. Mm. It's 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 quite yeah. different. Yeah. It's quite different actually. Yeah. So there's a growth in in fillers as well, and also new. Um, injectables now coming into the industry is biostimulators where, what are those? where um, they are basically chemical stimulators that stimulate collagen and elastic fibers that focuses more on the health of the skin rather than uh, oh, filling uh, because yeah. fillers use generally in South Africa we use um, a substance called hyaluronic acid and that is used to either fill superficial lines or to lift uh, where you put them where you put the filler deep into the bone or deep into the skin to create a lift because as we age the skin sags because of gravity and loss of collagen and loss of elasticity so the biostimulators um, help in inducing this uh, collagen and this elastin and replacing that rather than filling with hyaluronic acid. You just made me self-conscious. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you should visit me. I should, eh? <laughs> So among your, your patients, um, who do you see more often, men, women? It's definitely women. It's definitely still women. But men, men, men are starting to get into it as well. Mm. Um, and of course, they're always uh, harsh about it. And it's like, doc, they must, no one must ever know I was here for this, right? I woke up like but, this. <laughs> yeah, but there are more and more men are doing, are doing more chemical peels, microneedling, even your injectables. Your, What's your, your microneedling? Botox and, is it like the 
eyebrow thing where they that's microblading oh what's microblading? where they tattoo the the eyebrows yeah. microneedling is is basically using a device that has um, clustered needles that has uh, micro or tiny clustered needles and the idea behind microneedling is for these um, needles to vibrate at a certain speed and at a certain uh, depth to penetrate into the skin sort of causing like a controlled injury to the skin that then triggers the skin to repair itself it also stimulates new collagen production a new elastin provide, uh, production it also stimulates the new growth or new cells um, of, of the skin because the skin is constantly regenerating but as you get older it it, it it slows down that regeneration process slows down you also lose collagen you lose elastic fibers as you age so the microneedling is supposed to cause this controlled injury to stimulate the body to repair itself and we also use it to needle in um, products or, or treatments where depending on what we're treating whatever treatment we, we, we want to get into the skin. So we can use that microneedling device to open those channels to get that um, product wow. in. Sounds like a lot. So like with any procedure that you have done, you have to prepare yourself, you know. If you have surgery, doctors will tell you you can't eat 12 hours before, whatever. Yeah. Um, with aesthetic medicine, is there any preparation needed if I'm going in for a procedure? Okay. Can I just wake up one morning and decide, oh, today I'm getting Botox and show up at your door? There, there, there are certain procedures that you do need some sort of prep for. Mm -hmm. For example, like with chemical pills and the microneedling, if you are on certain medications, you'd have to stop that either a few weeks mm -hmm. or a few days before the treatment. Um, mm -hmm. But for things like Botox and you're not on any chronic medication and there's no contraindication, then you can literally wake up that day and, and, and get it done. But there are certain medications and products that mm -hmm. usually it's prescribed products uh, that you would have to stop a few days before and then things like if you're going to do invasive or injectable procedures then you would have to stop things that promote bleeding because then you increase your chances of, of bruising during these oh. procedures so things like smoking things like aspirin or warfarin if you're yeah. on any of those blood thinning medications that needs to be stopped um, a while before the procedure and how long do, do, do the procedures last on average in terms of the actual procedure the yeah. time of the procedure Again, it depends on what you're doing. So for things like chemical peels, microneedling, it takes, I mean, anything between 15 to 30 minutes. And then injectables, it takes, depending on how much of, of the face you're doing, if you're just doing the upper half of the face, again, it's about 15 to 30 minutes uh, max. This is the actual procedure now. Uh, but you need to factor in the consultation mm -hmm. that happens mm -hmm. before you do the procedures. So anything between 15, 30 minutes for the procedures. Yeah. How long do they last? If I say, let's say I have Botox, can it last me for the next 20 years or do I need to come no. back every five years no. <laughs> to top up? We'd be out of business <laughs> if it lasted that long. Okay, uh, so now we know. <laughs> No, Botox, um, <laughs> if we're talking about Botox specifically, but Botox is actually a, a brand, it's a, it's a trade name. 
it's toxins. There's other toxins other than Botox. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with toxins, they last anything between three to four months. Okay. No. So, yeah. No. Yeah. It's not very long lasting. No. So you just have to keep doing it. And then with fillers, with fillers, they last anything between nine months, some 12 months, some up to 18 months with fillers. But, but Botox, yeah, three to four months. Again, I'm going to have to ask you this. How much do these things cost? Really, if I have to come back every three to four months, again, do I need to win the lotto? Like, what must happen? Do I need to get a blazer? Like, <laughs> ow, uh, like really, how, how, how much do you talk so, about? So when you talk about uh, prep, uh, preparing for these procedures, the, the, the pocket also needs to be prepared because they, they don't come cheap, unfortunately, and medical aids don't cover them. No. 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 Medical aids, medical aids don't cover them. So you don't want us to be beautiful in South Africa. No, you, like you wanna charge us to, to be beautiful, ne? You see that's why it's we say come as early as you can. Because it's much easier to prevent uh, damage than it is to reverse. So once you are aged and you come to me at sixty and you want me to that's make you look more. it's gonna cost you. If you want me to make you look thirty at sixty, it's gonna cost you. you but if you come to me at thirty and you say I don't want to look sixty when I'm sixty, you know, so then we can sort of work on a preventative um Do you have lay-by options? <laughs> no, I now I'm almost 40, so I'm thinking like I have maybe 10 years left. You must start budgeting. So I must start budgeting, woman, because by the time I'm 50, I don't want to look 50. <laughs> I want to look 35. So, man, I'm going to or something. My advice is go and work on your budget. Come to me, let's do the consultation. Then you go and you work on your budget, and then you come back when you're ready. Because another thing, you can't start these procedures and then just leave them. Because if you leave them, yeah. then you will go back to your normal aging process. So it's, it's, um, it's a commitment. So you have to commit to it and you have to be ready, physically, financially, because it does take time. You know, you, you don't walk into my office now and an hour later you look like you, you look yeah. 20. It does take time. Aren't these procedures addictive? Have you ever like had a patient and you look at them and you're like, I, I want the money, but yo, you've been here one too many times. Surely, I, uh, the look, they, they, there's no um, studies that have proven that they are addictive, mm. but you do get those those patients that do come in more frequently than others. You know, they. They like the effects, especially with uh, things like Botox and fillers. It has that, that nice initial effect um, that, that wears off with time and, and people fall in love with that effect and then they come back for that effect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is such a thing as being overdone and we see it. I mean, we see um, in Santin, we see these women walking around with overdone lips and overdone yeah. Noses and yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it it is it is addictive for some people, but they get addicted to the effect that it has on them. I see now everybody's freezing their fat. Do you do that as well? No, I don't do any fat freezing. How effective is that? Asking for a friend. <laughs> 
So fat freezing is effective, but um, it is effective if you are just targeting smaller pockets of fat. You know, oh, for so it's like lipo where yeah, it does everything yeah, like yeah. So for someone who's looking at maybe doing a mummy makeover, that would be your tummy tuck, your liposuction. Mm. Then I would advise or suggest that you first maybe see a plastic surgeon and get that liposuction and that um, tummy tuck done. And then if you still have small stubborn pockets of fat, then you can do the fat freezing or the fat um, injections to dissolve those um, What I'm hearing pockets. is there is no cheaper way to lose weight. There's always exercise and diet. But I don't do manual labor. Okay. Yeah, exercise and manual labor and I don't do manual labor. Okay, then you need to pay for the convenience then. Oh, yeah, I need a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> All of this sounds hella expensive, right? And you've hinted that it's quite costly. Are these procedures available at public institutions? No, no, they're not. Oh, why not? Because they are purely cosmetic. And the, 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 the public system is already stretched mm. in just dealing with medical conditions and surgical conditions so they there's there's no way we just don't have the capacity to do anything cosmetic that is why even with our training there isn't so much training on the cosmetic side of it you sort of have to then take that up further in oh, private institutions yeah. yes if you want to do more aesthetic procedures then you have to take up more courses privately because oh. our training system is in the public sector and there yeah. isn't much of that so you do the theory part of it but when it comes to the practical training you have to do further studying privately before i let you go what what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking of having any procedure done like me for instance how could you fix me um, fix my life. <laughs> fix your life. I don't know if I can fix your life. But I oh, can, yeah, this is, these are but, not but fillers, I can man. Fix your skin. It's not fillers. I know it looks like I've got fillers. <laughs> but if I want to, can we? Is there a procedure to make me? Or is that just wishful thinking? There is. We. It could be worked on, but it just takes time. Uh -uh, so time. you need to be patient with the procedure. And also, I mean, as a... Because I'm a dermatologist primarily, I, I often look at a patient holistically, you know. If, if the problem is, is acne and now you're getting pigmentation because of the acne, then we deal with the acne first. We deal oh. medically with the acne. Then we focus um, on, the, on the pigmentation or the cosmetic um, result of the acne. So you need to first have an assessment to see what the problem is um, and if there is any underlying, because if you're also thinking obesity or, or if you're overweight and you want to reduce fat, then we also need to look at medically mm. what could be happening inside that could be making you gain weight. Is it hormonal problems? Is it insulin resistance? Is it thyroid disease? Because all of these things can contribute to you mm. um, gaining weight or not losing weight. Um, and then once we've um, established all of that and we, ex we excluded all of that, then we can focus on firstly losing the weight um, medically um, and then we can do these procedures just to enhance 
um, the work that you've already what done. What I'm hearing is I need to hit the gym and eat healthy. Eating, yes. Then I can call you. Yes. Basically. I need friends with benefit. Like, <sighs> Dr. Cindy, thank you so much. This has been informative. Um, I don't have Botox money, but... Um, Botox is actually not that expensive. Really, how cheap the are The fillers people? are. They, they... 500, cow uh, 5. No, no. Okay, then it is expensive. Because no. cow 5, that's my limit. Because Botox is charged per unit. And the, and the units depend on which areas of the face you're treating. So if you're doing your full face, we're looking at about 60 to 64 units. And the units range between 80 rands to 100 rands per unit. Why is my father not a struggle here, Omar? Yes, that's Dr. Sindile, I can't thank you enough. This has really, really been informative. Um, hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to get more. www.snl24.com For this episode and other episode, I'm out. Thank you for tuning into Just Skin Deep. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable insights into plastic and reconstructive surgery. If you're hungry for more exciting lifestyle, sport and news content, visit snl24.com. There you'll find a treasure trove of articles, podcasts and videos. Find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at snl24sa. We'd love to connect with you and continue the conversation outside of the podcast.